And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice, and yes, we're here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays, as we do twice a week. First off, I want to make sure you're subscribed to The Athletic so you can read everything about the Jays as they come down the stretch here through the dog days of August into the very important capital I, baseball, meaningful baseball in September. Subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash spin rate. Make sure they know that we sent you. And subscribe to the show that we do twice a week. Once we do it with, I do it with Caitlin McGrath, who covers the team, whose work you can read when you subscribe. And the other time, the second time a week, like today, record with former Blue Jays all-star Ricky Romero, who joins me today from beautiful downtown California. Ricky, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Um, I, I guess getting rained out yesterday might have been a blessing in disguise for the Jays. Give them a little bit of a break and hopefully they're able to, uh, what is it, two days off now, yesterday, today, and then uh, kind of regroup and get back on the horse because this is uh, crunch time here. I'm glad you brought that up. That is what we'll talk about today. I think we'll talk about the vibes around the team. Uh, here coming into the weekend, as well as uh, you know, just what we've seen and what what, what is the what kind of the main topics of conversation around the club right now. But let's talk about the vibes. Interested? You said is it a blessing in disguise, or I guess my my thought was maybe a little bit different. Do you think it's better that they got rained out so they can have an extra day? They can have two days off, effectively two days off in a row, kind of clear. Excuse me. Clear their heads, sort of rid themselves of the bad taste in their mouth from losing two those first two games in the series against Baltimore. Or would it have been better to get out there and win the game on Wednesday night had they had the opportunity to sort of like reset things right like that and then have a little bit of different sort of mental momentum going into the weekend? What do you think is maybe better for the team at this point? No, I think at this point we're getting towards the end of the season already. The the dog days of August, as we like to call them. And anytime you're able to get off your feet and and just kind of regroup, especially how they they were going. I mean, the road trip wasn't the the best for them. Mm-hmm. And um, I think anytime you kind of don't play and then have a day off after that, I think it, it definitely helps you. I mean, there, some of these guys have been playing all season long, like the Vladdies, the Bows. So a couple of days is definitely not gonna not gonna hurt them. And again, it's just a time for for uh, for them to regroup. And if they were going well, I feel like it would be like, oh man, that's a momentum killer. But right now it's almost like they got knocked down. They got to get back up. And it's just like, okay, let's let's regroup. Let's get ready. Because again, they have a lot of important series uh, coming up. They got the, the, the Guardians coming in town who have been playing pretty good baseball in the middle of, uh, of maybe trying to clinch that, that wild card uh, spot too. So they're in the middle of it. They're trying to win. And then they get baltimore again after that so a lot of a lot of good baseball coming up and and it's this is this is a time um i know we talked about it a little bit last week drew this is a time i feel like the playoff baseball starts for them now and and if they fall behind 
the way the Orioles are playing, <laughs> I mean, they're just surprising everyone. So it, there's no uh, one of those uh, days where it's like, all right, we're going to, you know, those gimme days where we're just going to sit back and relax a little bit and, and, and not hit the gas pedal as hard as we can. It's like, no, you got to go from here on out. It's 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 go time. And it's you're hoping your your, your starting pitching sets the tone and, and is able to deliver quality starts and stuff like that. So that's all you can ask for at this point and and the offense for it for them to start clicking. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those things where it never hurts to have a couple of days off. It never hurts to have a couple of days off, I think. The option between having a day off or, or getting a rain out is preferable to loot playing a Wednesday and losing and now, now having coming out of Baltimore, having been swept in a three game series versus now you still have this opportunity to go back in, win that game um, when they do make it up on September 5th. Uh, great point about the upcoming schedule being tough. Cleveland actually has snuck ahead of Minnesota. So Cleveland is in fact leading the central division oh, with the twins go. having lost three in a row kind of slipped behind Cleveland, which then because of the way that the, the, the season has worked that, that moves them right out of the playoff picture. Minnesota has now having to jump, you know, they, they're behind Tampa, Baltimore, Seattle, and the Jays in the pursuit of the, of the, uh, the wild card. So for Cleveland and, and Minnesota, it, I wouldn't say it's wild card or it's division or bust, but that's a much, much easier path to the playoffs for those two teams, which, yeah. you know, we saw the Blue Jays sort of split against Minnesota. You know, it would have, you would have liked to have done better. Minnesota is a team that presents a little bit of problems for the Blue Jays. Um, but, you know, and Cleveland's going to be the same way. Cleveland obviously has a, a the team is built a little bit differently. Uh, great pitching staff, as we know, uh, really, really strong uh, bullpen, obviously. But it's good for the for the Blue Jays to be coming home. Number one. So there's two things. I want, number one thing I want to ask you about what, as it relates to uh, all this sort of stuff. Well, n- number one, are there any take any big takeaways from that Baltimore series that sort of stick in your mind? Uh, things that the Orioles did uh, to hold the Blue Jays down. I think I don't know about you. I was a little bit surprised that they ended up the game that they came back there on um, on Tuesday night. I think I was a little bit surprised that they ended up losing. I felt like, yeah. you know, the rain delay came probably from a momentum perspective, as much as you want to believe or put it stock into that. Uh, that rain delay couldn't have come at a worse time. Um, the Blue Jays, you know, it's, it's hard to put it on anybody. You know, Adam Simber gives up a run and then and then uh, Jimmy Garcia uh, gives up a home run to, uh, to Rugnan Odor, of all people. Um, I have a concerns about... The way that the Simbers run was allowed in that Ramel Tapia out there playing in right field, not looking super comfortable playing right field in Baltimore, which maybe can also bring us to this next to another point, which is, is that maybe why the Blue Jays signed Jackie Bradley Jr. as a free agent and put him right on the big league roster. So what is there anything that jumps out of you from the Baltimore series, number one? And what do you think about Jackie Bradley Jr. number two? Well, yeah, and, and this is not an excuse, Drew, but. The way that <laughs> I thought it was kind of shitty, the way that uh, that Baltimore all of a sudden pulled the tarp. Um, it wasn't it wasn't raining that hard, and it and they made the Blue Jays burn a pitcher and pop. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like you know when 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 something like that happens, it kind of throws off the 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 sequence of the the how you were going to throw your guys out of the bullpen and stuff like that. And I I, I talking to some people, they're like, yeah, they they kind of did us dirty there because it wasn't raining that hard and all of a sudden they pulled the tarp as soon as they 
uh, it was their turn to hit and, and it was our turn to pitch and stuff like that. So you kind of, you, you, you look at the box score and you're like, pop, no innings thrown, you know, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. no pitches thrown. So I thought that was, that was obviously not good. One of the things that's, that's uh, continues to stand out for me and we're talking about it off air is Alec Manoa and the way he just goes out there and battles. Um, we've seen the past few starts they, he hasn't had his best stuff, but he's going out there and giving the team a chance to win. And I, and I think that's the most important part. Um, it's all good and gravy when when he's going well and when he's giving us shutout innings, and we're used to that, and and it's awesome. But these outings right here are the ones that that make you a better pitcher, the ones that you don't have your best stuff, and you go out there and you still continue to um, to go out there and 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 give the team quality innings. And when you're able to do that, it, it just shows what kind of pitcher you are, what kind of what kind of guy you are and a guy that, hey, I don't have my A-plus stuff, but I'm still going to go out there and give you five, six innings and, and do whatever it takes to try and keep the team in the win, uh, t- the team in, in, in the game. And, and Alec Manoa has proven to do that. It's interesting to me that what, what being uh, effective uh, buys you and the way that your effectiveness, how it looks – uh, cause Alec Manoa, we, we talked a lot, we talk about him battling. We talk about him going out there, giving his ch- team a chance to win. I don't know that he pitched especially better than you say Kikuchi, but Kikuchi, it doesn't look like he's battling. It looks like he's drowning. You know what I mean? So it's like, so Manoa, he's up there, he's battling where Kikuchi, it's like, get him on the bus, get him the hell out of here. Uh, you know, Kikuchi's first inning was awful. It was everything that you don't want to see from him, but he in fact did battle, right? Kikuchi ended yeah. up pitching into the sixth inning. Kikuchi yeah. ended up, um, you know, again, not, not good results. He gave up five runs. He gave up what three home runs, whatever it was. Uh, but, after the first inning, he, he really did kind of settle down, right? The walk sort of, sort of tempered and, but that one, you know, that one three run home run was really a, was really a killer and really put it, put the Jays behind the eight ball against, uh, against a guy that, you know, Jordan Lyles, who's, you know, bless him for having such a long career for being a guy that doesn't, you know, hasn't had a great deal of like amazing results at the big league level, but like he's pitched for what is it? 12 years or something now he's into his 12th wow. or 12th year in the big leagues. But like, the difference between Kikuchi and, and Manoa is is obvious, but also, you know, I, I I think Kikuchi deserves a little bit of of, of credit yeah, for for, for doing the same thing for battling yeah. for going out there. You know, it would have been easy for him to fold up the tent after the first inning and, and be like, "Get me out of here." I'm glad you brought up that point too, Drew, about Kikuchi because I feel like the post game comments from John Schneider were awesome. Um, he you know he came out and said, "At this point, we're light." In the bullpen, he got us into the six. You know, we were trying to get every out that we could out of him. And to his credit, he kind of got in a little bit of rhythm and made some big pitches. And sometimes that's just what it takes. It's it's going out there. And, and trust me, like, um, this is, it's tough for an offense, too, to go down early and keep every game, keep climbing back up from, uh, from you know, 3 nothing, 4 nothing, like, leads uh that the opposing team has but for kikuchi to be able to do what he does and what he did i think it just shows that schneider's going to continue to uh he i i think what schneider's trying to do is get the confidence in him and saying hey dude you got the stuff you got it i'm gonna let you go out there and keep pitching keep pitching keep pitching again you can't continue to see the trends where you know he's giving up three four five runs early on it's again it's tough for an offense to do that but 
for him to show that kind of confidence in him, I think it's going to boost him up. Hopefully it does boost him up a little bit and say, okay, my manager's got my back. And I know with Charlie at times it was tough when, when he'd come out in the media, right? I mean, there were some mm-hmm. quotes out of Charlie at times. I was just like, whoa, like, okay, like, I get it. He's not doing well, but you're supposed to have his back. And I feel like um, John Schneider, I feel uh, listening to those quotes, honestly, Drew felt like he was talking to a young Ricky Romero. Like uh, it really? just, it, it just, it just felt like that. It like it's like, hey, dude, like you got the stuff. You, you got to have confidence in, in yourself first. If you don't have confidence in yourself, then it's not going to work. And I think that's what he's trying to install in a big league guy like you say, Kikuchi. And 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 again, it's just believing it, psyching yourself out, and and believing that your stuff is plenty good enough. Again, we continue to harp on this, and we continue to talk about Kikuchi, and we continue to talk about how good his stuff is, but. It's time, man, because, again, it, it's the game ain't going to wait for you. The game's going to keep rolling, and you can't keep falling behind. And um, that's the difference between Kikuchi and Manoa. Obviously, yeah, they, 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 they gave their team a chance to win, but the way that Manoa is doing it is, you know, if it wasn't for the rain delay, I'm sure he would have been back out there for the sixth and possibly the seventh inning. Who knows? Kikuchi just has to trust his stuff and, 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 and build off that confidence and the, the, the confidence that the manager has in you, too. It's really, uh, some of it feels like a little bit of bad luck. We've talked a lot about Jose Barrios uh, in particular as a guy who who has struggled this year, right? He's had a, he's mm-hmm. had a rough go. But if you look at the Jays' record in the games that he started, it's actually really good. Where Kukuchi, for whatever reason, the Jays haven't been able to pick him up. The Jays are six in thirteen in the yeah. games that he starts this year. And while I don't think anyone would say that he's been a better or comparable pitcher, I mean, I, I think it's the the difference in performance in terms of he and, and Barrios isn't that far off. No. But the Jays have just been able to win those games with him, uh, with Barrios on the hill, and just not been able to win the games that uh, the games that that Barrios says that that Kikuchi started. So it's just a an interesting thing, and just you know, a bit of bad luck, and that's kind of why people don't like pitcher wins at that's as, as yeah. much anymore these days too. Yeah, no, and it's, and, and again, I mean, it, yeah, like when Barrios pitch pitches, sometimes the offense comes out and puts up ten runs. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's like, well, you know, it, it, yeah, like what you said. I mean, wins losses for a starting pitcher is like pretty overrated. I think um, mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't tell the whole story. That's for sure. And um, but again, I, I also drew like with Kikuchi there, like, and I see the the quotes by Schneider too, and it's like, I mean, when you look at the depth, it's like you really can't. Who are you going to replace them with? No, There's nobody. Got nobody. Out there. Nobody. There's not a, there's not another viable guy to, to to pitch those innings, a guy who has a equally low floor, probably. I mean, the floor for Kikuchi, we've seen it. I think that's what we saw uh, the other night in Baltimore was probably as as bad as he's going to be allowed to pitch. I guess to to, to throw five innings, but give up three home runs, walk three guys, give up five runs. Um, but they don't even have somebody else who could maybe do that reliably. Um, the other one thing I was thinking about too, I, I don't know, this is a bit of a change in, uh, in direction, but like on top of Kikuchi, they, uh, Snyder goes with, with Trent Thornton and Trevor Richards kind of following up behind them in what, a game that was close. Each of those pitchers gives up a run, uh, kind of puts the game out of reach a little, not out of reach, but makes it a, instead of a one run game, it's a three run game. Um, felt like that was maybe like the confidence day that was a day for building confidence showing guys that 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 he's got belief in them and that they 
they can um, they can kind of step in. Uh, any concerns about about the way that Trent Thornton is is being used or was used in that game? I mean, I guess realistically, what I would say is, if you can't use him then, then what are you doing with him on the big league roster, right? Exactly. Yeah, that that's that's the quote right there. Like what. I think Schneider is like, okay, I'm going to show confidence in you guys, but you guys have to show me where I can pitch you guys. And if you guys are not ready for that role, then again, though, Drew, what's the depth behind that? Like, we, mm-hmm. <laughs> who is the guy that can come up and be like, all right, like, all right, if Trent is in working out, all right, we got this guy waiting in the wings. There isn't really anybody. So you're giving me a roster and I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, I got to find a way how to get the confidence back in these guys. How do I do it? How do I uh, manage that part of it? And again, it's easy to criticize uh, John Schneider and say, oh, well, why did you use him there? Well, why do you use him there? Well, some of these other guys that are doing good can't pitch every single day. So you have to find what you got in the other guys and in and, and how... I can pitch them in different situations and in different innings and high leverage innings, low leverage innings. Who's going to be those guys? Because when October comes, yeah, that's where you're going to see the guys kind of, okay, this is the role that we're going to take. And maybe some guys are not going to get as used as much as they're getting used right now. And I mean, if, if you're going out there and, and, and giving up runs and, and, and you're not showing the manager that you can do the job. And that's when you, I feel like you start dropping down on the depth chart, but it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, I, I almost feel like Schneider's trying to get a feel like, all right, I'm going to give everyone a shot and, and see what, where everyone kind of falls right now. We'll be right back with more spin rate. But first, check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Switching to the offense a little bit, there were definitely some signs. I mean, you would, when you're drawing it up, you'd be like, okay, well, the Blue Jays are going to tee off on, on Jordan Lyles, for example, or, uh, or Bradish, who they had hit hard previously. Um, but didn't quite work out that way, but they, they didn't, they scored what four runs and then five runs. So they, 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 I mean, that nine runs in two games, you'll take that every time. Um, the number one guy that's sort of at the front of my mind right now is obviously Bo Bichette, a guy who has uh, come to life. Two big home runs, two big home runs of the opposite field. Uh, really, a lot to like about. To me, that's the that's the sign that Bichette is getting right when he's really hitting the ball hard to right field, in particular hitting it over the fence. Um, that's a huge thing for me, and something that I really um, uh, uh, feel like he's he's getting right and is and is well on his way obviously it's easy to say that after a guy hits two home runs but you know i think uh, pat tabler did a good job in the broadcast of pointing out that he's going to right field sure but he wasn't he's still catching the baseball out front you know what i mean he's still it's it's more of a product of of 
in my mind, good process and good results, right? Like he's got a plan, but he's also effect, trying to do it effectively, not just hit the ball to right field for the sake of hitting it to right field. He's going up there and being like, I'm going to hit the ball hard to right field because that's how they're pitching me right now. Uh, a lot to like for if you're a Blue Jays fan, that's exactly what they need, I think, is is just yeah. a, a viable Bo Bichette ch- adding his contribution to make that lineup really long and really tough. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's one of those things where... um Bichette is an important part of this lineup and I know um, obviously Vladdy gets a lot of the attention and stuff like that and uh, Alejandro Kirk now but Bichette still is a staple in that lineup and if he can get hot this lineup becomes that much better as we saw like like you mentioned when he's hitting the ball to right field he's amazing to watch it's almost like wow that's a thing of beauty and and and, and you can just see that he's he's seeing the ball well and he's taking good swings and he's confident in his swings because sometimes we've seen when he's gone in a, on a bad rut, it's like he's just out there and he's just free swinging, and and it's like he's not even seeing the ball sometimes, and and I and that tends to happen to hitters. Um, in the times that I've gotten to talk to them and stuff like that, when I've talked to them about slumps, hey, what are you seeing, or how does it look, or when you're going well, how does it look? Oh, it looks like a damn beach ball. It looks like I can just hit it, and everything just slows down, and 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 hopefully he gets on that roll where that the game kind of slows down a little bit on him. And, and and he's not trying to do too much because I feel like sometimes that's where he gets in trouble. It's I'm trying to do too much. I'm trying to hit that big home run. And it almost seemed like last game, it's like everything just kind of came to him and 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 you just saw the the swings. And 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 again, yeah, you said Pat Tabler talked about it. He's still catching it out front, but he's going the other way so nice. And that's when we've seen that Boaz at his best. I went back and looked at some highlights, like some stuff that I had shared on Twitter over the over the last couple of years and and there were some great swings of Bobichet, like inside outing a ball, taking a ball in the inside half and hitting it out to right center field at the Rogers Center. You know, serious velocity too. But just like he's is such a good hitter, and and there is so much that he does to make the lineup better. And I, I think uh, you know another guy who's going really well. I talked about this on the radio with Blake Murphy the other day, but like both he and Teoscar Hernandez are making adjustments. They're not turning themselves into different hitters, but they're being who they are, but adjusting to being how they are pitched and like making the most of their skills, their talent and all those sorts of things to, to become, to rediscover what it takes to become a really effective hitter at the big leagues. And it's a, it's a huge thing, huge yeah. thing for the blue Jays. So I, I the one thing I'll, so go ahead, please. Oh no. And I was going to say, yeah, I mean, in, in, Looking at this lineup, and we were seeing Chap Chappie trending in the right way, and it just seemed like he had the the a uh, pretty rough road trip. It started in Minnesota, and I was like, I was like, man, like <laughs> I feel bad for him because he was he was trending in the right direction. It almost seems like he hit a bit of a wall in that Minnesota trip. And again, another guy that when he's going well, that lineup just becomes that much better. And obviously, Santiago Espinal has slowed down a little bit too. Um, and a guy that, that needs to get going because he was the catalyst at the bottom part of that lineup. And obviously the George Springer stuff, Drew. I mean, that, that mm-hmm. hurts big time. And and his presence alone just makes up for everything. Um, and his leadership and, and him not being in the lineup obviously hurts the Blue Jays a lot. Yeah, for sure. They're, they're, they're definitely missing his bat. So let's talk real quick. I did ask you about uh, someone who may have been brought in to help and and make up for that loss and that's Jackie Bradley Jr. A little bit of a peculiar signing for me because I have a difficult time just figuring out what he does better or differently 
than Bradley Zimmer, who was already on the lineup. What do you think they're thinking when they are are bringing Jackie Bradley Jr. into the mix and putting him directly onto the roster, not even like getting him down into in Buffalo and seeing what he can do down there first? Yeah, I mean, I saw some of the numbers of of people putting out like like who's faster or who gets to the ball quicker and all those numbers and stuff like that. And obviously Bradley Zimmer graded better. But I think at the end of the day is uh, is defense in October. That's what it comes down to. And if you can have two fast guys in the outfield late in the game to to try and win a game and stuff like that, it's all about defense. And if they're able to cover the ground that you need them to cover, that's what you need, man. And 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 it wouldn't surprise me if if uh, if if you see him out there more often than not, especially late in the game. Um, you mentioned right now Tapia looking uncomfortable in right field. Well, we. I was going to say we. They can't have that. They can't have that out there. Um, mm-hmm. They they need a guy that's going to make the plays. And again, um, especially if you have a a tight lead. You know, I'm talking a one run lead, two run lead, three run lead, whatever it is, or not whatever uh, two, three, or three max. I guess is is what you want when you want to see a good defensive outfielder out there. And um, if you're able to, maybe at times you might see. A, who knows? You might see a Bradley Zimmer and a Jackie Bradley out in the outfield late in the game just for defensive purposes and. Um, that's what wins you championships, and and if the and I think the Jays are uh, know that uh, JBJ has a great track record, and everything I've read too. Um, Will Meadowbrooks was was sending some cool tweets about him, saying how great of a person he is, how great of a teammate he is, and a guy that's going to bring uh, that type of uh, leadership into a clubhouse. I think that goes a long way too. So you just hope that uh, you know, I mean, we, he again, he's got a great track record, and and if he's able. Uh, to bring some of that energy into this team, then it, it just makes the team that much better. He is, uh, was maybe I should say, uh, one of the best outfielders I've ever seen in my life. He is mm-hmm. so, he was so good at like playing center field uh, and right field. Like that outfield that the Red Sox had, we could talk all about the cheating and different things, but when they had Ben Intendi and Jackie Bradley Jr. and Mookie Betts in the outfield, that's as good as a defensive outfielder as you're ever going to see, you know, playing in, in Fenway Park in particular. So, I do, I do like the idea of having someone who can come in and play out, play those spots and play that defense. And I wonder maybe with George Springer, if George Springer is out, does that, that opens up even a few more like DH opportunities where then you can see maybe the Jays go with a more defensively minded outfield. Um, I don't think that Tapia should be playing in right field at all. So if it's not Teoscar Hernandez out there who has improved significantly as an outfielder, yeah. Teoscar Hernandez, man, what a ball player. Yeah. I love that guy. Uh, but like having, <laughs> having him out there, maybe you're going to see Lourdes Gurriel Jr. take some more turns as DH. Maybe you're going to see, you know, you can live with, with an outfield of like Gurriel and, and Jackie Bradley Jr. and, uh, and, and uh, sorry, Teoscar Hernandez in right. If the matchups don't favor Tappy, if there's a tough lefty on the, on the hill or, or someone who doesn't suit his, his swing, which is something we talked about a little bit before, not just going strict left and right, but like, who is someone that Tappy is going to give a hard time to? Someone who's going to be filling up the zone and where his contact heavy approach is going to really going to work. Um, but I think it's just, can you continue? To, I guess the question is, are they going to, are they using this acquisition to continue to put their players into a position to, uh, to succeed? Or is there something else? Because I guess my, my concern is that I can't see how you can carry both Zimmer and Bradley, Jackie Bradley Jr. on the, on, on the roster at the same time. Yeah. So is it, is it got to be one or the <laughs> other? Um, and, and I, I guess I, I, I'll put it back to you. I'll ask. So 
Jackie Bradley Jr., you know, great to hear those those positive things from Will Middlebrooks. But is is someone like him coming in in the middle of the season? He does have championship pedigree, having won the World Series in 2018 and, and maybe 2013. But is that going to carry a lot of clout in the clubhouse because he's a guy that isn't playing a lot? Or is it just having him around, is, 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 he, is that going to inevitably be a, a positive straight away? Yeah, I think it's a positive right away. Absolutely. And and I've always uh, said this, and I'll continue to say this, veteran presence, the right veteran guy in a clubhouse that, that comes from a championship team or championship teams uh, goes a long way. And and if you're able to share that knowledge, share that wisdom and be open-minded about it and, and bring in your leadership skills or your leadership qualities into a team like this that's trying to make the playoffs or not trying to make the playoffs, but in the middle of a playoff race, I think that goes a long way. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the move was just made just to be made. I think there's a reason behind it, obviously. And yeah, I mean, uh, I'll ask you, Drew, I mean, it, we know what they both can do defensively, but if you'd rather have one or the other hitting, who would you rather have? I mean, it's an easy answer for me. <laughs> I don't know that I'd rather have. I'd rather have either of them. I think that the last couple of years, <laughs> Jackie Bradley Jr. has not shown. The only difference is that Jackie Bradley Jr. strikes out less than Brad, than Zimmer. So if if Bradley Jr. strikes out less, maybe situationally that is kind of what you want. Uh, but like I was looking at some of the other numbers. So Bradley, Brad Zimmer hits the ball harder. He has, uh, he walks a little bit more. He has a higher exit velocity. I mean, these are, they're, they're really close. That was the thing that was surprised me the most was how similar they are in terms of wow. those offensive profiles. They both hit left. Um, you know, we've seen the Blue Jays go out of their way to avoid giving Zimmer plate appearances this year. Like they will do, do anything to keep him out of the batter's <laughs> box. So, so again, I don't think you can have two guys like that. I don't know that I have any more faith in, in Jackie Bradley Jr.'s ability to get a, a base hit, um, any more than I do, uh, of, from than Zimmer. But also I will say that, uh, he did get a ring, Jackie Bradley Jr. in 2013, but he didn't play in the playoffs. So oh. he, he, he played 37 games for the Red Sox that year, but it wasn't on the postseason roster. He didn't get any postseason, um, run. Okay. So I don't know, but you, you're, are you, so I'm taking from that. You would rather let Jackie Bradley Jr. hit than Bradley Zimmer? I mean, after what you just said, I don't know. <laughs> 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 but I mean, yeah, I guess if you're looking for less strikeouts, a guy that's going to put the ball in play, then. I mean, you you answer the question with JBJ, um, but it's I, I I I they didn't get brought uh, or JBJ didn't get uh, they didn't bring him into the situation to be a hitter or a pinch hit uh, mm-hmm. left left handed hitter off the off the bench, I guess. So um, so I guess I pick your poison, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what it comes down to. I mean, who who. They both play defense, so I mean, it's one of those things that I'm. When you, you're right, you can't have two guys like that in a playoff roster, and this is where it hurts to not have a, a Rowdy Tellez type guy off the off the bench and stuff like that. So, um, Shohei Otani would have been great. This would have solved all our all our problems. <laughs> It would have solved all. And hey, if you need someone to play the outfield, show how you can do that. As well. <laughs> uh, let's let's real quick. Let's look ahead to this series against Cleveland. 
uh, man, that is a team that can really pitch. And, uh, you know, they don't have, obviously they got Jose Ramirez, who's, uh, awesome. Uh, and they've got a couple other kind of interesting names. Josh Naylor, great, great Canadian, uh, who looks like he might be a wonderful, delightful red ass. Josh Naylor, absolutely losing his mind. And obviously he had that great game this year when he hit at all those RBIs late against the White Sox. But, uh, uh, the pitching is is the big thing for Cleveland and the Blue Jays. It looks like they're going straight through the teeth of that rotation too. Getting Cal Quantrill on Friday night, uh, Tristan McKenzie on Saturday, and then Shane Bieber on on uh, on Sunday. So Blue Jays are going to need the Blue Jays bats are going to need to be everything. Yeah, I'm not so worried about the pit, the defense right now. I'm thinking how are we going to try? How am I going to score runs against these uh, this great Cleveland staff um, coming up this weekend? So I don't know. That's a, that's a pretty daunting task. What do you think about about Cleveland and, and the Guardians and what they're doing this year? Hey man, this is it's time to put the big boy pants on. It, it ain't going to get much easier. I think this is the way it's going to be from here on out. Obviously, there's they're going to face some teams that are not that good. But this this is the type of staffs you're gonna see in the playoffs if you enter the game or the the series in the as a as a leading wild card team you're gonna get the best three out of whoever you face and and it, it might be Cleveland we we don't know right I mean so it's one of those things where um be ready all guns blazing man let's go I mean this is this is it and this is this is where it's fun to to watch games like this and see what the a, a good offense can do against a good pitching and um you mentioned Cal Quantrill he's been he's been solid and then I'm a big fan of Tristan McKenzie man I think he is absolutely filthy filthy mm-hmm. and uh and uh Shane Beaver obviously his track record speaks for itself a guy that's uh another guy that's uh obviously a, a former Cy Young winner and a guy that can go out there and pitch and you can't uh say enough about about their closer, you know, their bullpen, the back end of their of their bullpen is nasty too. And Emmanuel Clase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I feel like this is again when I say the playoff hat the playoffs have started, they literally have. This is the type of games that you're gonna be in from here on out. And and every single game matters. Every single game, every single win. And this is where you gotta start chipping away and you're gonna start seeing um, a lot of good starters and I, I'm pumped for it, man. I mean, this is, this is this type of baseball that I like watching good pitching and, and, and a good offense going against each other. Tristan McKenzie, I think was one of the guys that Marcus Stroman said that if he pitched 200 innings this year, he'll buy him a Rolex. You know, there's a couple, I think it was Hunter Green as well. Uh, which I don't know. I think he might, he might end up falling just short, but yeah, he's having a great year. This seems like it's, uh, where he sort of all come, all things, uh, come together finally for Tristan McKenzie, who's, who is a big dude and throws hard. And, uh, but you know, really, really interesting pitcher. More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The question, I guess, I'll, I'll, I, I've, that's at the front of my mind right now. Something that's been a lot has been made this year or so this week is the Blue Jays have not fared well against good teams. Their record against teams over 500 is is uh, is bad. Uh, now, obviously, it's good the Blue Jays get these teams on at home, which is a big advantage for them. Um, but are there any concerns about for that you have, like? Why do you think that is? Why is it that the Blue Jays are, have had a hard time against better teams as opposed to beating up on bad teams, which is what they're supposed to do? Yeah, no, of course it's a concern because some of the, these teams are, are going to be the teams that are in October and, mm-hmm. and you got to face them. And um, we talked about them being a World Series team before the season started. And, and if you're going to talk like that, you got to be able to walk that, that walk and, and, and go out there and, and, and beat beat up on the good teams we want to see them beat up on good teams it's cool to see them beat up on shitty teams but it's the good it's the good it's the good teams that you want to see them up their game a little bit and and see see what they're made out of and um it's concerning when 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 their record is you said below 500 correct Mm -hmm. i think it's eight or nine games below 500 yeah and 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 I'll continue to say this till the day I die. It, it all comes down to pitching. Their their pitching staff has to do a much better job um, in 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 uh, in these games. And from here on out, I mean, Barrios has to be better. Kikuchi has to be better. Manoa, we know what we're gonna get out of him. Gosman, we know that he's he's been solid all season. I'm not worried about them. It's the other two, and then plus the question mark of the fifth guy right now. Um, depending on how Stripling comes back, when he comes back, but it's those two guys right now have to be that much better. Simple. Uh, two things. Two things as it relates back to Cleveland. Uh, uh, James Kerinchek not making the trip. So one of the big bullpen weapons, oh, yeah. the big eighth inning weapon for the for for Cleveland for the Guardians, not vaccinated, not coming to Canada. He's been replaced or will be replaced and sent to the to the restricted list. So that's that's a blow for Cleveland, a, a, a bit of an own goal, as they say, is James Krinchek unable to do the thing, uh, the best thing for his community, for his health and for his club as well. Um, the other thing is uh, Mitch White. We haven't really talked. We uh, you and I haven't spoken since Mitch White made his start. Uh, you know, it was, it was okay, but I think there's, we can probably expect a lot more from, uh, from Mitch White moving forward. Uh, and I guess he's due to get a start, uh, this weekend, is he not? Uh, yeah, I, I think they, they said that they were going to give him another start. And his first one, I mean, you know what? I, I mentioned this to somebody the other day. It was, 
it's tough, uh, and I'm not making excuses for him, but when you're pitching in a game where it's misting half the time and and it's your first game and you're like, man, why did I get this, this shitty weather? Um, uh, obviously, you have to be able to overcome it, but he's coming, <laughs> he's coming from a place where that never happens, Drew. That never happens here in Los Angeles. He's not what used to that kind shit? of stuff. <laughs> and now he's out there on the... In Minnesota, pitching under uh, misting rain and uh, in August, and he's like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. There's rain that exists out here." Um, no, all kidding aside, it, it's one of those things where again, it, it was good. You saw some good stuff. You saw some stuff that he can improve on. But um, I'm looking forward to the second one. I feel like the the leash is obviously going to be a little bit bigger, and and they were trying to just probably get his feet wet. He went four innings, I believe, gave up two or three runs, and I'm looking forward to this next start. Again, it, it's one of those things where he needs just time to get settled in, and, and hopefully this is a start where he finally settles in. He's going to be under the dome. There's He doesn't have to worry about rain or anything like that. <laughs> so uh, I, I like his stuff, man, and, and, and I'm sure people were quick to criticize his first start and stuff like that. They want to see shutout innings, obviously. They want to see five, six, seven shutout. That didn't happen, but again he gave the team a chance to win and that's all you can ask for. And if he, again, out of that fifth spot till Stripling comes back, I'm just looking for a guy that's going to give the team a chance to win. Give me quality innings and we'll take care of the rest. Uh, I think it was, um, is this, I'm just double checking who wrote this story. I think it might've been Ben uh, or Harden. Who is it? Oh, maybe it's an AP story uh, about um, the way that he uses his slider. I think that's kind of it's a really uh, interesting thing to keep your eyes on is uh, is how he uses his slider as the Blue Jays continue to kind of get to know him, and as he's refined, uh, he's refined that offering and kind of becomes a um, becomes a more complete pitcher. Obviously, that's something the Blue Jays have had a, a lot of success with. Uh, well, maybe with with Robbie Ray and some of the other, and some other guys as they've helped to kind of redefine oh this was Arden uh redefine how they use that pitch something that I'm going to definitely keep my eye on as well as Mitch White goes out there again um you know working with the with the Blue Jays pitching team not just Pete Walker obviously but Pete Walker and uh and um Matt Bushman and the whole bunch so uh (laughs) again big series coming up against Cleveland a good team that's going to give the Blue Jays a very hard time and then again, back and again to Baltimore. Any is his name Paul Bradish, the guy that pitched uh, the pitch the other day? I don't know how effective it is, but he was throwing that like that cutter at like ninety five that moves enough that the, the the camera picks up on it. It's again, I can't speak to its effectiveness, but that sure does look cool on broadcast when you're watching the game at home and they got that center field camera and you see that cutter just go to like like take yeah. that little turn. Uh, it is no doubt a difficult pitch to hit, and a guy who again has shown a, taken great strides uh, there in Baltimore, as as multiple multiple guys have. Um, they're uh, they're not going away. I think, much to my chagrin, the, those yeah. <laughs> those Orioles are uh, no. are here to stay. I, I like them, man. I mean, they they go out there and they play, and none other guys are like hitting like I don't think anybody's hitting above maybe two seventy, two eighty. I mean, mm-hmm. they're maybe. But they all like they know how to win, and they, and they, they're believing they're believing the hype right now, and, and then that's pretty much what it's all about right there. When when you start getting hot, and we see those teams going to October, Drew, and 
and who knows if they'll make it or not but they they can be that team that if he continues this hot streak they're like what do we have to lose we're we weren't supposed to be here we're just gonna beat everyone up and then see what happens but um they they definitely are a fun team to watch and they were easy they easily replaced their closer with another guy who comes in and throws 102 and is nasty (laughs) and it's just like they just got these guys just just pulling him out of nowhere like here we go this is our next closer this is our next closer and and it's 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 good stuff two things his name is kyle bradish and he does was indeed throwing that that cutter and the the Orioles are in a really interesting and fun position where they can they can play the nobody believes in us card, including their own front office. Right, the yeah. fact that the fact that the GM and then the and the owner were like, no, it's okay, trade Trey Mancini. No, it's okay, trade the closer. Those guys are in the club. I was looking at each other, being like, you know what, fuck everybody, we're gonna win. Yeah. You know, they no and and if we don't, no one believes in us anyway. So all we got to do is go out there and play. They got nothing to lose. They got guys like Ruggie Odor who are playing for like their next job, probably figuring that he's yeah. he's not not going to be a big part of the Orioles' future. Um, they got you know Adley Rutschman, who's who is an exciting player and stud, and uh, and yeah, again, score from first on that double that was kind of kicked around a little bit up there in, in Tapia. But uh, here's a spoiler alert: the Blue Jays catcher wasn't scoring from first on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got concerns. I have concerns, but I'm going to save them. I got to. I got to file those. File those away. Uh, but there's a yeah. They're just a. They they are a. Um, they yeah. are a, 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 a an interesting and, and loose bunch. Yeah. They, I mean. Yeah. I mean. They were supposed to be in last place. They nobody was supposed to be talking uh, uh, about them um, this season. And I <laughs> like what Jesse Rubinoff said. He tweeted out. Life was so much better when the Orioles stunk or something like that or when they sucked. And <laughs> it's true because I have some friends that are Oriole fans here in Southern California that grew up in Maryland and they were texting me. They're like, should we bring out the brooms? And I'm like, F you guys. Oh man. Like, Life was so much better when you guys <laughs> were horrible. And here we are like talking about them. But honestly, a fun team, like a team that you're almost like, I hope they make the playoffs because they have battled their asses off all season they traded away their all-star closer they traded away the heart and soul of that team and they were so mad that mike elias the gm had to fly out to dallas and speak to the team because he's told the media something about like yeah i'm also realistic like the odds are against us and the team's like wait what we're out here playing our asses (laughs) off and you don't even believe in us you traded two guys and um but credit to them and credit to their manager, man. I mean, Brandon Hyde, I mean, he, I'm sure he's in a position where he's probably going to be up there for uh, AL Manager of the Year, and rightfully so. What he's done with this team has been awesome and, uh, you know, good, good for them. And uh, and hopefully they stink it up for the rest of the season against the Blue Jays. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe they're a team that will struggle on the road. Maybe we can, like, bank bank that you know they're, they're a young team they're bad on the road just like I hate laying on that so this is what i was going to ask you this is a bit of a, a bit of a tangent so i know a lot has been talked about the blue jays don't have big hard throwers the blue jays don't have these guys that can miss bats this that and the other so brian baker pitched for baltimore he didn't pitch particularly well he was a little bit wild he was he played for the blue jays last year as i had as everyone should remember he pitched once for the Blue Jays, but he's a guy that can get it up there 97, 98, 99, but with his command being a little bit of a question mark. I wonder, and I wonder what you think too, is the fact that the Blue Jays were less eager to hang on to a guy like this, a big armed guy lighting up the radar gun, 
when you look at the guys that the Blue Jays have acquired, repeatedly acquired, gone out to get, does do you get the sense that they really, really, really value command and control out of the bullpen over everything else? And I wonder why that is. Because you could easily keep, there are a lot, like, because we keep talking, why don't they have guys like this? Why don't they have guys like this? Where are these big arm guys? And I can't help but wonder if the Blue Jays haven't decided as an organization that we want people that throw strikes. And if you're our reliever and you can't throw strikes, I don't care how hard you throw, someone else, you can be somebody else's project, but we're committed to guys that throw strikes. And there's nothing for me to go on this other than the fact that there's been a few different guys like that that the Blue Jays have have moved on from, but they continually acquire, you know, the Zach Pops and these other guys who throw strikes. Am I crazy? That's interesting. You're right. I mean, I know from... The time that I was there and the personnel has changed, obviously, since mm-hmm. I was there. But it was bullpen guys. I mean, starters, relievers, it didn't matter. It was like, if you can't throw strikes, you can't pitch in the big leagues. That's pretty mm-hmm. much what it comes down to. And I saw plenty of guys throwing 97, 98, 99 that had no clue uh, where the ball was going. So, yeah, I mean, I, I you have to wonder, yeah, if, if that's kind of their their what they stand behind and 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 if they do stand behind that then hey obviously yeah you want to see a guy who comes out and throws strikes and get outs but uh but uh i think sometimes the way the the game is trending and moving <laughs> high velocity guys seem to be successful uh at the back end of a of a bullpen so yeah i, I that's that's a really interesting topic or an, an interesting subject that i i I'd like to get in the head of um, Atkins and Shapiro and see what their reasoning is behind that because um, they do seem to acquire, like like you said, the Garrett Richards, Simbers, Pop, uh, Anthony Bass, guys that are 95, 96. They, they throw hard. I mean, 95, 96 is hard, but... Um, mm-hmm. but they they rely a, a lot on their on their command and their secondary stuff. And I mean, you don't have to look any further than some of the other names in that in that um, in that uh, Orioles bullpen, like the Dylan Tates of the world, guys who are sort of busted prospects and and mm-hmm. who never were able to really get outs in the numbers that they needed to get outs when they got into the higher minor leagues. You know, even Tate wasn't a guy with a huge walk total, but like you know, I, there there's obviously that's sort of like the biggest value play in baseball I think right now and that's like can you teach these guys to throw strikes or can you help them find what it takes to 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 start throwing strikes and if the Blue Jays either don't think that they are willing or able to make those changes that that might be interesting but but you can when you when you can if and when you can do that when you can take a guy who does throw a million miles an hour and has a 90 plus mile an hour breaking ball and turn them into a strike thrower then you you've really really got something but yeah but this, I, and I, 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 it, it just—it's funny because it, we're talking about this, and it just seems like every other team is doing it except the Blue Jays. And you're just like, you look at every closer or, or every setup guy, and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> we need one of those. What's what's going on? And mm-hmm. yeah, you just have to wonder if they, if they value other stuff over, you know, a hundred and one, a hundred and one, a hundred and two. Even Jordan Romano, right? Jordan Romano basically fell into their back into their lap after after being you know allowed to walk, and now there yeah. there he is. Um, and and credit to him, 
because he was a guy that didn't seem like he had a great idea where it was going yeah. in the early stages of his career and just sort of figured it out. So again, um, big I credit am, to Jordan Romano. I am looking forward to the guy we talked about who's in the minors who you said there's a possibility that we might see him in September. Um, the kid in, uh, I think he's in double A or is he Zulu in triple Yes. Yeah, he's still in double A as I understand it. But a guy that seems like he's on a bit of a fast track to the big leagues. Yeah. And you say he throws gas too, right? Oh, yeah. He throws really hard. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he throws hard, and and it, it'll be interesting to see because he's a starter, right? And he's been a starter, but maybe his kind of his outings are getting kind of like shortened up a little bit. But compared to him to like uh, Ricky Tiedelman, who seems set as a starter, I don't think that they're going to mess around with that too much. Such a young guy as well, with with yeah. relatively no minor league experience. So, yeah, interesting. I mean, so. This is this is the, the fun part of the game. Uh, they're they're in it. They're in the middle of the race. Everything's everything's out there in front of them for them, Drew. And and it ain't gonna get easier. Like we said, they got uh, the Guardians, the Orioles, and then the Yankees, the mighty mighty Yankees. So these next ten games are gonna tell us a lot. I think. Absolutely, uh, the Blue Jays are still in the first wild card position as the time that you and I are recording. This, uh, just a, a half game ahead of Baltimore with, uh, in the, with a couple fewer losses, one behind in the wind, in the wind column. But you can make up wins. You can't make up losses. That's, that's what they always say, right? That's the way that players kind of think about it. You can't make up losses. So you can, you can win games. You can't undo the losses. So getting tight, getting tough in there in the wild card race. But, um, you know, some good performances against good teams will go a long way to making, I think, Blue Jays fans and, and probably the players too believe that this is a team that can win the World Series. They can beat they can beat good pitching. They can they can pitch well to keep different kinds of offenses off the board. I think Minnesota was a really interesting kind of test um, and and a really interesting different style of team that you don't see as much anymore. Right, all these guys that just really love to put it in play. Uh, the Luis Arrazes of the world who are just like a real pain in your ass. But man, he yeah. squares it up. He squares it up all the well, time. Well, they're going to face another guy who's kind of, I feel like he's pretty similar in uh, uh, Jimenez, I think, for the, mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. Guardians. He's that, mm-hmm. that guy that's just that pesky guy that's going to get on base. And next thing you know, you find yourself and you're like, man, he's he's three for four. Geez, like he's, mm-hmm. he's that guy. So they're, they're, yeah, I mean, those those are the guys that are tough to get out. <laughs> in the middle of a like a four-win year, I think, uh, Andres Jimenez. Uh, and, uh, well, of course, the other guy on Cleveland who puts the ball in play uh, all, all the time, who is a should have been should have been former Blue Jay, should have been future Blue Jay, uh, <laughs> Jose Ramirez, having another monster year. He, he's one of the best players in baseball. There's no no way around it at all. So in tough against Cleveland, in tough against Baltimore, easy sledding when the Yankees come down. They're reeling, despondent Yankees. Traded Joey Gallo and have not yet recovered. Joey Gallo goes to <laughs> goes to the Dodgers. They just stop. They just haven't done anything but win. Hit so, a three run home run last night for the Dodgers too. Future Blue Jay Joey Gallo doing big things, <laughs> big things, reestablishing some value. Enjoy the games this weekend. I know that I will. I am sure that Ricky will as well. We'll be back next week, me and Caitlin, and then a week from now, Ricky and I. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to the show, like we said, that we do twice a week, wherever you get your podcast. Hit us with a rating and review if you have the opportunity, and make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. Follow Ricky on Twitter. Check him out on MLB Radio on the weekends as well. His name is Ricky. My name is Drew. We'll talk to you next time on Spin Rate.